0: Yo, yo, Big Sky Breakdown. Welcome in. SkylineSportsMT.com. I'm Coulter Nuanes. You can always find this podcast, SkylineSportsMT.com, as well as all your various podcast hosting platforms. We've been really busy, both Skyline Sports and ESPN Radio. So we've been sharing you know, pre and post game audio and stuff like that from the coaches, but haven't really got a chance to break down much of anything besides just our redux of the 2021 football season uh, a couple weeks ago. So we're going to be more consistent here, doing some more analysis and commentary style podcasts. But excited for this one. Jackson Groff with me here on the Big Sky Breakdown. And uh, for those of you have been following along, paying attention, Jackson, student at the University of Montana, he's got his hands in a lot of different things, but he helped out this fall at Skyline Sports, gave us a couple good podcasts. I had one with Taylor Barton from Root Sports. Also, former Grizz, Keenan Curran, Dalton Sneed, former Grizz quarterback. So it's fun having all that content. What's up, man? I haven't seen you in a while. How you doing?
1: I know. Appreciate you having me on. The last time I saw you was when I uh, beat you in golf. So, right. uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: Gotta love it. Just well, so Jackson has his own podcast, too, The Graph Show. But for those that, uh, for the people that don't know, just tell people about yourself. You're from Arizona, been here at the University of Montana. What, uh... What's been cooking? What do you got going? And just tell people all the stuff you got. You're involved in.
1: Yeah. Uh, what's up, everybody? I'm Jackson Groff um, from Arizona originally. Um, came to University of Montana as a walk on. Played here for two years. Um, and then um, things happened. COVID happened and stuff like that. And um, God was leading me to be a student assistant. I was a student assistant here for two years with Coach Pease. And it was actually a blessing because it made me realize like my identity is not just in football. I want to pursue something else. So. Broadcasting and sports journalism has been a, a passion of mine, and Coach Pease was actually someone who was like, "Hey, you should start your own podcast. Get gotta love it. Get the reps going with interviewing people." And sure enough, I started it. It's just kind of a love having conversations with people, so might as well get a microphone and a camera and see what happens. Yeah, for um, sure. Got Samuel Kem on there. It's kind of a more college sports, pop culture a little bit. We'll talk like dating advice, stuff like that. Too. Sure, sure. Like style, but um, yeah, it's been fun. It's just been kind of a, a side gig and met a lot of people and have a lot of opportunities from it, so I'm blessed.
0: Yeah, the uh, that's the angle that I like of it, because, you know, I started uh, as a sports writer covering the Big Sky when I was, how old are you, 22? 22, yeah. Yeah, so when I was 23, I was my first full-time job, and it is d- definitely way different when you are way closer in age to the players. Mm. Like, I'm 34 now, and so, like, I'm not old, but I'm, you know, I was in college 10 years ago when these guys, uh, you know, were still not even in high school yet. So yeah. it is a different angle. And you're around these guys a lot more just on a personal level, which I think, you know, it builds an element of trust and all that. You just had an episode with Justin Ford, too. I, I just started listening to that one. That's pretty good. Yeah,
1: that's been, that's been the coolest thing um, these past four years is to be able to be with these guys. And I was roommates with Samuel Kim, Josh Egbo, OD, who's preparing for the draft. Like, I know a lot of these, these are my closest friends and they got a lot of personalities and stuff like that so might as well show it on a podcast and the one with justin ford actually was pretty good got a lot of love from that too so um yeah i'm excited man this is awesome
0: yeah it's good to see that uh justin ford is is uh sticking around because he had a lot of uh interest and ability you know nine picks that turns a lot of heads and i know people are wondering hey he's got extra year eligibility is he gonna go on the portal whatever but sounds like he's here to stay, so pretty good for uh, Montana. Yeah, you got I know, I Justin Ford he, coming back. I think back. he
1: wants a couple more NIL deals in town, too, so that's what we talked about in the podcast. Yeah. But he shouted out Missoula Ford. He's got the last name Ford, too. So, I mean, Ford Tough. Like Right, totally. Montana Tough. I mean, they could make something worse.
0: So. So we're going to talk about all sorts of things, but let's start there, because I think it's a, an interesting perspective. You're around a lot of these guys that are college athletes right now. I think – So so the big dogs in the sports media world, they seem to always be saying, well, it's only going to be, like, the quarterback from Oklahoma that's getting these NIL deals. I think it's the full opposite of that. I think anybody could get them if they know how to get them, especially here in Montana where, like, everybody's a star. I mean, hell, you mentioned OD, Matt O'Donoghue. I mean, what other long snapper has, like, a cult following? Nobody. (laughs) You know, and he's got, like, a whole fan base of, like, guys, you know, Grizz fan pod guys. Those guys love OD. But I think that there's opportunity. What do do these guys think of that, though? And what do you think of this dynamic?
1: I mean, I love NIL. I mean, for years, there's been and, I mean, these guys put in hours every day risking their bodies just for entertainment for all these fans and stuff like that. So I think NIL is definitely um, a great thing, great timing for it. I mean, you talked about other players besides quarterback. You know, A.J. Forbes has a ton of deals. And he sure. He's center. Totally. So he's got Celsius. He's got his own, like, clothing brand and stuff like that. So I feel like right now is the time where people are trying to figure out where NIL is, both companies and players-wise. But, I mean – I'm, on, I'm one of my best friends is Malik Flowers, and I'm like, dude, you got to get on these, totally. these companies because you're Malik Flowers. I mean, you could you could get as so many. So um, I think NAL is definitely a thing that we'll see um, evolve as more companies kind of know what the limits are as, totally. as those rules are starting to come up. But um, I'm jealous because I'm not playing in an NAL, and I would be all over that too. So, totally. I mean, you could get anything. I mean, I can't even imagine – you see uh Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio State get his custom Ford truck right. for free. So it's like I mean, obviously it's not the level of that here in Montana, but I mean I mean who wouldn't love like the Breakfast Club
0: sure. as a sponsor? Totally or
1: I'm trying to think.
0: See, that's what I'm doing. If I'm an offensive lineman in Montana, I'm going like all the places I like to eat and be like, oh, yo, yeah. just give me free food and I'll pump your name on social media, whatever. Okay. Just like trade it out, you know? Sounds like a great way to do it.
1: Yeah. Even like I'm, I saw Marcus Wellno posting something. I, I bet you he'll get some deals hopefully soon. And, yeah. I mean, Pat O'Connell, Buck Buchanan finalist, he should have won it when I'm not totally being biased, kind of am biased, but.
0: oh, well, either one of the Montana guys should have won it over the guy who did win it. I was very surprised that the Florida AM guy got it. I mean,. Great stats, 19 sacks, whatever. It's like a partial scholarship league. It's not the same thing as the Big Sky, which was absolutely the best league in the country this year. So I totally agree. But anyways, I I think this NIL deal is fascinating too. Are these guys brokering the deals themselves?
1: Um, I think most of them are. I know Justin Ford, when he talked to me about it on the podcast, he said he reached out to Body Armor. yeah, And they kind of evaluated with him, and they actually just sent him some Body Armor today. Shout out to Justin Ford. So um, I feel like it's kind of both ways, especially at the FCS level. I feel like more kids – are reaching out to them mm-hmm. and the whole barstool athlete thing, like that's probably an idea for barstool. Yeah, I mean, it took a while for them to get the merch, but I mean, if they're repping barstool athlete everywhere, it's that's how you get your brand out
0: there. Uh, yeah, for sure. I, I just uh, I'm so interested to see how this all takes off, mm. and obviously, it's a good thing for the individual athletes. But I mean, the one question I always had was. If there is sort of inequality in the amount of deals these guys have, is that something that could mess with the locker room? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, if this dude's the the stud left tackle, but he he's just a quiet guy, he doesn't want to be out there, and then this other dude's like slick and whatever, but he's like a you know not a starter. Does that screw with the locker room? I don't know.
1: I don't I don't, I don't think really. Also, I think a, a big thing a part of too is like you see most of these athletes on YouTube and I'm doing podcasts and stuff like that. Um, I, I shied away with it during the season because I didn't want to, like, spoil anything in Montana. And sure. Like that. But you got, like, for example, Adrian Martinez every week after a game, he would evaluate the game and stuff like that. Sure. So I feel like that has something to play with the locker room and maybe the trust of the coaches because, I mean, I wouldn't want my player evaluating the game and you know, each week. I feel like sure. after the season or before the season would be perfect timing to, to go over that. Yeah. So, It'll be interesting to see. I mean, especially I'm excited to see for Missoula because I think Missoula would be a, a great market, especially how much Montana football does for this whole city.
0: So Yeah, and the whole state in general too. I mean, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting because there's going to be a tipping point when it really takes off. I feel like right now the athletes just don't really know how to go about getting it, mm. and some of the business owners are older, so they don't really get what it's all about. Those two things are going to – Continue to grow together, though, I think. And I think there is a real opportunity. Yeah,
1: especially because a lot of the people who are leading these companies don't really know social media that much. Sure, So right. it's like if, if you're trying to get your brand out there, social media is the way to go. So you don't know how much to charge these athletes. Right, totally. Post or um, for whatever. So if I had, if I was still playing, I would definitely attack all the beverage companies because, I mean, you, sure. drink, you drink beverages all day. I mean, right. I know Diari's got Ivy Water. Or up top in Montana, sure. a cool Brand anything clothing wise. I mean, I'm right. all for
0: it. So totally, yeah. I mean, th- that's what we do around here. I mean, we wear up top clothes on my ESPN radio show because it's on TV too. And you know, just shout them out. That's how you do it. I actually got a good one the other day too. My buddy who I grew up with, I got the biggest head ever, and so he's <laughs> relate, there's yeah, this yeah. there's this company called Mammoth Headwear. He sent me a, a hat out of the blue, and it actually fits my fat head. I was like, dude, I got to get in touch with this guy. He's like, oh, this is one my, my buddy. He's like, here's his email. This email, so we're working on it. I might have a little fat head deal for okay. uh, some free caps around here free for ESPN Radio as well as Skyline Sports, so that'd be fun. You mentioned that you were working directly with Coach Peace because you played receiver at Montana. Mm -hmm. So first start there, just the fact that uh, you came as an out-of-state walk-on, that's a little bit of a different dynamic than most guys go through. Most walk-ons at Montana are from Montana. So how did you end up as a walk-on here, and and what made you take that that leap? Because it is sort of a risk, you know. Montana kids, it's always a risk to to bet on yourself, but the tuition's a lot cheaper for guys that grow up in Montana than it is for guys that grow up in Arizona like you.
1: Um, Long story short, yeah, so I – when I was in freshman year, I mean, everyone's got that goal. I want to go to Notre Dame. I want to go to Ohio State. Sure. like that. My dad shot me. He's like, hey, you're you're not that good. I, <laughs> All right. I was like, okay, I appreciate it. He's like, let's look at some other options. So um, going into my junior year, looked at NAU and went to a camp in Montana. And I was like, man, I love it up here. Like, I never went to a game, but I was like, the weather's nice. Like, it's a cool conference. I just loved everything about it. Got really close with the after my junior year and senior oh, nice. year. Um, went to another camp. Impress myself And stuff like that And I knew I wasn't Going to get a scholarship But I was like Hey I want to Get out of Arizona Get out of the heat All my friends with the GCU I was like I'm trying to go somewhere And like Turn into a real man Turn into a little Mountain man Or something like that so, <laughs> Right uh yeah, decided to. My family wanted it. It worked out too because my sister's big into photography. Shout out Kelsey, she does marketing and stuff like that. She did. Yeah, she's Sky helped
0: Skyline us Sports. Skyline Sports with some of our social media in the fall. Yeah, very talented young lady as yeah. well. So,
1: um, my parents um, got a place in Polson so we can get some in state tuition. And this was before I even knew I was on the team. Came in contact with Ferretter after my senior year. This is December of twenty seventeen. So it's
0: Mike Ferretter, former University of Montana wide receiver, wide receivers coach, and uh, actually my ex college roommate. Just for a br- me- oh, brief moment in time, I—that uh, is crazy. I, we only lived together for like a month because I took over his room in a house that we had with a whole bunch of other football guys. But uh, I know icy Mike just had a kid, so uh, shout out to Mike. I hope he lands on his feet. He was at Idaho State last couple years and uh, some turnover there, but uh, I think he's a great coach. He'll uh, he'll definitely have some uh, he'll have something to say in the coaching world here pretty soon. But anyways, yeah. Shout
1: Farider, he, he was a good dude. Him and then uh, I talked to Nolan Smith when he was here too. Mm-hmm, and, um, but anyway, so they got fired in that December, and I was just like, dang, like what am I gonna do now? Like Montana was like the one I wanted to go to. So in January, when the whole new staff got hired, I actually sent like my dad thought it was a good idea. He sent letter recommendations from my coaches, like film highlights, like stuff like that, just all like kind of so they know who I am as a person. Sent it to Montana and Montana State. A lot of people knew I sent it to Montana State too. Um, we actually flew down there, and met with coach coach Hal, coach Actually no, actually not coach how coach peas he was like hey man like i love everything i'm seeing like we don't have a spot right now though but we'll keep you in the loop maybe like in august you can just come and be like a helpie and then come in the winter so i was like okay whatever so fast forward summer of 2018 i get a call from the training room they're like hey uh, you're on our fall camp check in for a physical um you need to come down here in the end of august and i was already in montana at the time because i moved to Polson. they're like hey you're on this list um you need to come out and your physical and I was like well that's weird because I'm like um, no one told me I was on the team or anything like that so, right <laughs> uh, morning morning of fall camp check in I, I'm there and then for some reason um, shout out JC the trainer he was like yeah you're not on the list um, I don't know why I said you were on the list but you're not on it reached out to Coach P Coach P's like hey I'm sorry that happened uh, met with him face to face he's like I'm about to go in a meeting but after the meeting um, we'll, we'll get this squared away we'll get something going because uh, we want you to run the program I was like okay fine so I'm in the parking lot for 20 minutes. I get a call from Coach Pease. Hey, you need to come to my office right now. I was like, okay. Like, here we go. What's going on? And I'm walking to his office, and he's just, like, looking at me. He's like, are you ready? I was like, ready for what? Like, yeah, I'm ready. Like, what's up? And he's like, ready to play. Like, you're on the team. I was like, oh, wow. Like, this hey, is morning of, morning of check-in for fall camp. And I was just like adrenaline of emotions coming down on me. I was like, oh my gosh, like, this is crazy. I was like, well, wait, what happened? What happened in the last 30 minutes? He said, well, when he walked out, another guy walked in, he was a receiver and he quit. Dang. So instead of me coming out winter, I came in that time and shout out to my mom and dad for going up to Pulse grabbing all my stuff, moving in my dorm that day, getting fitted for everything. Like it was a, Roller coaster emotions, but man, I've had a great time here. Obviously, it wasn't the ideal story that I wanted. You know, everyone dreams about playing in Montana, and everyone's sure. dreaming about be, making an impact that way. But um, I feel like I made an impact in a different way, and also had an early start on what I want to do in my career and stuff like that. Yeah, and being around the guys. So totally. Um, yeah, kind that of w- a wild story. That
0: was <laughs> the first fall camp under Bobby Hauk, yeah, right? Yeah, I've I've been. So, here, what been did here. you remember about that? Because uh, oh, I. It it was pretty interesting for me watching, because it, it, this is not better or worse. Bobby Houck is just so much different than the staff that came before him, and I had remembered covering Coach Houck when I was still uh, a student and then a young journalist at the Missoulian when I was first starting my career before I moved away for a while. Mm. And it was so funny because I, I teased Bobby about it right away. I said, "Your practices look the exact same as when it was 2007. You just have all different guys." He's like, "Well, I wish we still had the guys we had 2007 because they were really fucking yeah. good in 2007." <laughs> but uh, Bobby Halk's ball camps are pretty legendary. What do you remember yeah, about that so first I ball camp? I came from
1: a small private call, Christian, excuse me, Christian school in Arizona. So, I didn't really hear a whole lot of cuss words at practice. So, I, <laughs> and, then, uh, and then you're day, playing
0: receiver for Coach Pease. Yeah, first Not day. a lot of filter.
1: Yeah, first day, heard everything. I was super out, <laughs> super out of shape because I was coming off a knee injury, like a, sh- a minor knee injury, too. So, I about heard everything. So, I had to grow up really fast. But um, I tell the freshmen now and every year after that, I was like, that first year was the strictest I think they all were. Coach Pease, Coach Hawk were just because they had to establish like, a tone and establish what they're going to do for this program for and sure ever since then like me and coach Pease and coach Huck have a great relationship like my first year i was on pins and needles every time i saw him and now i can have a normal conversation and like go to him about everything which is cool so um, it's cool to see where this program's taken off and i mean man they're just one piece away from taking that next step and it's it's, it's cool to see so
0: working with the receivers too probably an interesting inside look first peas is uh He's such a hard-ass coach, but he's such a good coach. So uh, just working, I guess, first playing under him, but then working alongside him, he's probably taught you a lot.
1: Oh, my gosh, so much. Like, so many about coverages, and he was a quarterback too, so he understands. Totally, great like, quarterback. Timing is everything, and he'll be super particular on our routes, on our steps and everything, because he knows like timing is everything. And he'll be like, hey, you need to look here because in this window, in this coverage, because – the quarterbacks looking this way or the progressions and stuff like that. So we, he really teaches us like the whole play in general. Um, I actually talked to Samori a couple weeks ago because he's been um, training for the NFL. Shout out to yeah. Samori.
0: Samori Torre had a, what two touchdowns in the East-West Shrine yeah, Game, right? Played well. So yep.
1: um, he's been telling people like they're asking him like who's your who's your favorite coach? Who's been your most impactful coach? And he said Coach Pease. and he's, totally. He went to Nebraska and he said Coach Pease is probably the best coach is, that he's had because he's so knowledgeable of the game and totally and being able to. Be a player of his and be able to work alongside of him was a true honor and yeah I mean I want to do color commentating and broadcasting and stuff like that and to be able to analyze the way he analyzed film on Sundays is just it's cool it's definitely special.
0: Well, it's it's crazy to me when you really think back on it because you got a guy that was drafted in the NFL, mm-hmm. a guy that the has only quarterback drafted here, right? Ever ever? I didn't know that. Yeah yeah and uh he uh you know he he was an offensive coordinator at bunch of big time programs he's been the sec at kentucky and florida he's been you know in the pac-12 he's been at washington he's been at boise state Mm. the fact that he is a wide receivers coach in the big sky conference is nuts yeah it's nuts he is he's so overqualified for that position
1: yeah he he deserves to be at a pac-12 school offensive coordinator (laughs) or maybe like a receiver coach
0: but yeah. I think he loves it here, though, right? I mean, and oh, I think yeah. he loves coaching his alma mater. I think that's one of the things that Bobby Houck sells his assistants is like, hey, you know, this might not be the quote-unquote prestige of the Pac-12, but you can live in Missoula, Montana, get your work done, go home, hang out, you know, do yeah. the thing, whatever. I think he trusts his coaches a lot. I think that's a big selling point for some of these
1: yeah, guys. Yeah, one of the be- one of the best things I think I've learned is the core values in, um, that Coach Houck's taught me and Coach P has taught me. Like, he's taught me the little things matter. Um, I'll go back home and see some of my friends. I don't even talk to anymore because they're just the same person as they were in high school. Totally. And it's just like, dang, like I've matured so much. like I've changed so much. And uh, I'll never forget, I came into the office one time and I was wearing my Northwest Christian. I uh, was my high school. I was wearing my high school shorts. I didn't know I was wearing them. Yeah, yeah. He cussed me out for 10 minutes. He would have <laughs> thought I did the worst thing possible. But I was just wearing the shorts. And he said, put those inside out and stuff like that. So... Uh, they have a motto, and I, I think it's going it to start work, working in the right direction. So,
0: and those guys too. I mean, just the, your opportunity to learn. I know you want to be the, in the media, but also the, the coaching background is going to help you so much. Oh yeah, You're out as a student assistant. But talk about a wealth of knowledge to learn from. I mean, mm. I always tease Bobby about this too. You know, there's always the stat Eric Tabor puts out every year. 280 plus years or whatever of cumulative coaching experience. And I always say, Bobby, that means you guys are getting really old. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. I mean, a lot of these guys have been coaching forever. So, I mean, that must have been fascinating for you to learn. But what's the dynamic like? Because now, like, in co- uh, college and the NFL, you see it. it there's really no kind of, like, in between. It's either, like, veteran coaches have been around forever or young guys like Sean McVay. So mm-hmm. being on the other side, learning from all these old guys, what was that like?
1: Yeah, it's it's honestly – it's funny taking a step back um, – being like a coach and evaluating everything and kind of hearing like their their talks, you know, like Coach Piece will tell someone something three times and it's something super easy. Yeah. But as a player, you think it's one thing, but when you step back as a coach, it's like, man, like he's just he's just not the brightest. He's not smart. So right. Um, yeah, it was it was definitely cool and seeing. Um, I don't know, just their their mindsets and how they adjust like in game. Like I gotta wear a headset too. Um, was cool. I mean, being there for all the meetings as a player and then. Um, as a student assistant condo was terrible winter condo and spring ball and all that kind of stuff like that but also i think one of the greatest things that i got to experience was i mean last season two of the biggest wins in school history to be able totally. to be a part of those locker rooms too so definitely learned a lot and you kind of you kind of see those that coaching staff they're kind of old coaching staff but they're starting to adapt more to the players as these years come on which is awesome to see because coach how can name anyone on that team where they're from with high school all that for sure stuff like that which shows you um, how much he loves all his players
2: innovate.
0: The uh, the dynamic too of you being close with a lot of these receivers, that was one of the most fascinating parts of the coaching change. Mm-hmm. Bob Stitt, for for whatever you want to say for is, is boosting him up or break, breaking him down, whatever. He did, was a great recruiter at specific positions and he left the cupboard flush when it came to receiver. So you got to compete with guys like Samari Torre, like Sammy Kim. So let's start with Torrey. I think he's such an interesting NFL prospect because I think that he has certain things that he does that are absolutely NFL. I think there's still a lot of mystery to him as well. But what do you think? Because you, you watch him practice every day, what makes him special?
1: Oh, he's my he's my guy. I think the the thing that makes him so special is his change of speed and his route recognition and just his really fluid route ability to Catch the ball. Yeah. yeah, he is so quick as a zone guy, either in the slot or the outside. And uh, if you need a guy to come moss someone, he will do that too. Um, it sucks he didn't get an invite to the combine, but I see him as kind of. I mean, Cooper Cup just got the MVP of the Super Bowl. Totally. I kind of see his game as like Cooper Cup. I know that's kind of like a.
0: No, he's he's a, he is a he's a poor, he's a poor man's Cooper Cup though. He really is because has spatial awareness and like his ability to get open is his best trait. Mm. I'm so interested about Tory. How does he run? Because I think if he runs fine, he's going to get a chance. If he runs great, he's definitely going to get a chance. But as we know, a lot of times these guys that are a little bit under the radar, that's what can kill you initially is just player, if you don't gosh. run fast. So I hope he runs well.
1: Yeah.
0: How about so. Sammy Kim? Because I, I feel so bad for Sammy the way it all ended for him because mm-hmm. he was such a great uh, not only player but great representative of, of the University of Montana. And I know he's a guy that really grew a lot in this community and, and grew with this community too, which is great. But uh, he – talk about a guy that developed himself – he couldn't catch the ball when he first got here, and now he's, yeah. a, now he's a you know all-American caliber receiver.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. He told me the first time he got here, he was actually recruited as a tight end. Right. And then they moved him to receiver. Um, but, yeah, I think Sammy will have a, a different role than Samori, obviously. I mean, being at Montana, and um, at least the numbers-wise, weren't the greatest. I mean, we didn't have a really dynamic passing game as we have in the past. Let's be honest, sure. At Montana. Um, so I think his path will be different. But luckily about football, there's so many opportunities where you could go. go CFL. I think he could excel there. He could go the new USFL league or maybe even be a practice squad guy to start off with. An NFL camp invite, I think, would be the goal for him. Um, I know he's doing well. He recovered fully from a collarbone Good. Um, injury. So I, I think his biggest thing is he just needs to work on his body control more, um, his yep. body control, and just really attacking the football. And I think he can be an explosive receiver. Um, and play a lot of years because he's, he's got the talent for it. He's got the speed for it, especially being 6'3", I think he is,
0: 6'4". I mean, yeah, probably when yeah. he measures in, he's probably going to be 6'3 and change for sure. Yeah, and he's a
1: hard – he's one of the hardest workers I've met, so um, he will definitely do all he can. He's in Ohio actually training right now. Oh,
0: cool. So, yeah. Yeah, very cool.
2: Innovate.
0: Big Sky Breakdown presented in part by Alpine Touch as well as Blackfoot Communications. Appreciate both of them for being a part of the Big Sky Breakdown. And uh, we'll give you some opportunities both here and on Nuana's Now, my daily radio show, to win some Alpine Touch as well. But in the meantime, head on over to alpinetouch.com. You can get all of your spice stuff all set up. They got the Grand Slam package for you, all the spices that you've come to love and enjoy. Alpine Touch Montana's special spice.
3: Alpine Touch is legendary around the state of Montana for providing delicious seasonings for every grilling occasion. Now Alpine Touch offers so much more, from a savory new barbecue sauce to delicious popcorn seasoning, in addition to the classic. Alpine Touch offers a variety of flavored seasoning salts for whatever occasion you need to spice up. Now that the holidays are over, Alpine Touch makes a perfect thank you gift to show your friends and relatives you love them, Alpine Touch, available at retail locations around Western Montana. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice.
0: You mentioned Sammy Kim and, and the the broken collarbone. Such a bummer. Montana takes a deep shot against James Mass and they hit it. Sammy goes down wrong. I've seen guys break their collarbone just like that so many times. It's just brutal, it's so painful. First of all, but uh, then the very next possession, Cam Humphrey gets knocked out concussion. So you were, you're, are you in the sidelines or are you on the box?
1: Um, so I was on the sidelines, but actually I didn't I didn't travel for James. Oh, Madison. okay.
0: So you're watching uh, at home. So you're even. So then you can really have the emotions I throwing was, stuff at the TV.
1: I was watching it with Sammy's girlfriend. Oh, jeez. So, oh, I, so brutal. Yeah, that was brutal. Just to sit there. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was obviously not an ideal game for Montana. I mean. Being, being there with Sammy's girlfriend, she was crying, obviously emotional, because he was supposed For to play in sure. the Hooligan Bowl, which was in January, which right. he couldn't go to. Um, but, yeah, it'll be interesting because I, I think if the biggest injury, obviously Sam was a big injury too, but I think um, Cam's injury was even tougher because sure. of his knowledge of coverages and yeah. being how smart he is as a quarterback. And you got Chris Brown and you've got Robbie Patterson below. Shout out, those guys are going to have a good future, but, I mean, it's quarterfinals, playoffs, a lot totally. of emotions. It's James Madison, a team that's about to move up to the FBS. Like, there's a lot of uh, stuff that I mean you got to take in as a quarterback, which I respect all quarterbacks out there. So um, that was definitely hurt hurting for them. James Madison was a lot bigger too, but I, I think it could have been a different outcome. McCann was definitely um, playing the whole
0: game. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, and it was such a it was such a deflating end to a great season. And they had I mean two of the best wins that Montana's had in in my 15 years covering them were back-to-back wins over Montana State and Eastern Washington. And it was so cool to see Washington Grizz raging like it used to when I was yeah. in school. Uh But th- it was sort of – so to come to an end like that, a 28-10 to loss on the road where, you know, after those injuries, it was kind of yeah. just all over but the cry. So and,
1: many injuries throughout the season. Which, totally. Which is a bummer because that team – I mean, you looked at the roster. That's a – that's a championship team. I don't care what anyone says. That. Absolutely. It's a championship team there. And it sucked that some of those injuries were at rough times. I mean, Chris Brown had to play against Sac State. That was a tough loss. For and, sure. Um, Eastern Washington to the end. So, um, but obviously, I think 2022 will be a good year for them, too. they got a lot of guys coming back. So, so
0: Montana had identical records 2020, 2020 and 2021. Did Montana take the neg- another step this last season?
1: Did we take another step? Yeah, I think we did. Honestly, um, getting
0: the rivalry game is is a big step for sure. Just yeah, in terms and, of in state recruiting and all that.
1: And to come out of there with a quarterfinal loss with all those injuries and the amount of guys that stepped up like Braxton Hill, sure. Garrett Graves playing safety, Trajan Cotton playing safety, right? You got different guys on the D line, and you got receivers. I mean, Junior Bergen, man, he was he's the MVP. I think he was one of the MVP's of that season, in my opinion, for sure. The, the fact that he came into it. I think they wanted a red shirt him. I don't really know on that. And to play running back and just – I mean, he's not that big of a guy. No, he's tight. running back before, but to block these DNs like Daniel Hardy from <laughs> right. Montana State totally. or Troy Anderson running down full speed is really impressive. And the fact that he got to play receiver as well. So, um, yeah, it shows you the the depth that Montana has now, especially with a lot of guys who have playing experience.
0: What would you do with Berger moving forward? Because I think that – I know they want him to be back at receiver, but I think you got to get him the ball in a variety of different ways.
1: Yeah, I think he's kind of your smaller version of Debo Samuel. See, I think that's great. I think it's an excellent comparison. But I would say personally keep him that slot because there's a guy that not a lot of people know, a lot of people don't remember, Marcus Knight. Yep, Coming for back, sure. for sure. People don't remember he played in 2019. That was his only season. And he was my roommate in Craig Hall. Shout out Marcus. But um, – he is a bad man. He's gained a lot of muscle. He's a hard worker. I'm telling you, Marcus Knight is going to come in here. He's going to electrify the base guy. People need to start watching out.
0: Yeah, he put a he put a highlight film on Twitter the other day. or Maybe it was his dad yeah, that it was did. Yeah, his dad. Yeah. And I was watching. I was like, man, I forgot. You know, like yeah. he, he, he has. Been, 15, been yeah, right. so. yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's been it's been several years now. But yeah, uh, he, uh, he's as smooth as it gets when uh, when it comes to running the ball, especially between the tackles. You
1: got him. You got Harris, Osmo, Childs. Like it's going to be a, and you got that Gilman kid that's coming in too, the freshman
0: Sam Gilman from uh, from uh, Minnesota, Minnesota Player of the Year.
1: Yeah, it'll be an interesting room for sure. That'll be definitely competitive.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that that's the next step for Montana too, right? Is just to become a little bit more explosive offensively. That's just what they got to do, right?
1: Yeah, I think explosively, and then. Um, It'll be interesting, at quarterback, I mean, they obviously brought in Lucas Johnson, which is actually, I don't know if you know, Peyton Stoner. Oh, yeah. all old offensive line, he's his, that's his cousin. Mm, interesting. So he told me that um, when Lucas wanted to transfer, he got offers from like Wazoo and other places. But, I mean, he was at Georgia Tech, ACC, San Diego State, Mountain West. I mean, you want to end your career on a bowl game or you want to end your career on a championship and a conference championship? And I think that's what led him to Montana.
0: Yeah. Totally. The other thing I wanted to ask you about from sort of an inside the locker room perspective is all you hear ab- from coaches is, oh my God, the world is ending. The transfer portal is the worst thing that ever was created. We hate the transfer portal. It's ruining everything. I don't think it's that big of a deal. These I'm a are, big fan of it. That's, I think these, I mean, I, I do think that, I, I think it's a bad lesson to teach kids that the grass is greener on the other side always, and walking away is never, it's not never. Sometimes it's fine. I think there's, a, but there's way more nuance to it than just this guy's, quitting on his team right there's all sorts of different things like you that's the thing that the general population just doesn't understand like you never know like this kid's mom might be sick or like his position coach that he came to play for got a different job or you know whatever like rent in town doubled or something he can't afford to go there anymore like there's all
1: sorts of different things what do players think of it though um i think honestly they're more adapting of it i think at first people are kind of as a player, being like, oh, why why would they bring this transfer guy in in my position? Why sure. would they just, like, bring up another freshman? But I feel as the more success you see guys coming from the transfer portal and the impact they make on these college football teams, I think that's the reason why they're more inviting of them. I mean, sure. you talk about Omar, Hicks, Onu starting. You talk sure. about Justin Ford, like – these are all dudes. That come Justin Belknap. Exactly. I mean,
0: Mar- uh, Rose, Joe Babros. Joe Babros, for sure. Yeah.
1: So, I, I, my, my big opinion on the transfer portal is I love it. I love what Montana did because there's not a. When you get a lot of more high school kids, I feel like the odds of them turning out to what you want to be in two or three years is either it's a coin flip. I mean, sure. Are they going to be good or are they going to quit and stuff like that? But when you get these guys coming in that can make immediate impact that have been from other programs, know how college football is done, know how to time manage, know all that kind of stuff, I think it impacts your team more. And especially with Montana, getting all those transfers coming in, I think it'll be immediate impact.
0: And as Bobby Hauke always says, he says that we got to have a direct conduit to the kid. In other words, it's very rare, if never, that Montana's just going to call up a dude they've never talked to before. Mm. It's usually guys that they either missed on in recruiting, they went somewhere else or somewhere higher, you know, higher level, or somebody, you know, maybe has back-ended ties and when Coach al I mean, he's still close enough to when he was at San Diego State. Like Lucas Johnson, like you said, you know, I I watched him in high school. I talked to him when I was at San Diego State. Now this kid's a six-year senior. He's coming to play for us.
1: I I also think um, he's had his fair share of misses in the transfer portal too. For sure. Maybe because it's people that he hasn't really talked to right? that brought in that maybe have quit in like a week and he's like, dang, like I need to fix this, which applause to him for doing that because I mean... You don't want to bring in someone that you don't even know of or know anyone in connection of.
2: Innovate.
0: As you know, working for Coach Act this last year, mm. the number one thing that he wants is dudes that love being here. That's the number one requirement. Do you love football? It's not going to be easy. It's going to suck a lot of times. But do you love it? Do you love being a Grizz? Like you were saying, it's a story about your shorts, right? Like you got to love being Grizz. you got to wear your Montana football gear like you're wearing right now all the time, right? Exactly. And so I think that that's where that they've really pinpointed their recruiting is just that's the number one recruiting trait that they want, right? Guys that want to be here.
1: Yeah, and I've learned, too. uh, I didn't realize how big Montana High School was for for people here. And to be from Montana and come to Montana, I didn't realize the whole, like, backstory on it, the impact until I got here. So uh, to be able to save money and get studs in Montana, but also be able to branch out of the transfer portal is definitely a good thing for Montana. So I'm excited. I think 2022 is going to be an exciting year for this team.
0: They brought in uh, six transfers this last uh, signing period. Do you have any thoughts on these guys? Yeah, uh,
1: Garrett Holt. Holstead? Houston? Yeah, Houston. Yeah. He's actually my roommate.
0: Oh, so. really? Cool. So he he moved in with you guys. Yeah, okay. he moved
1: in, and then Jaden Dawson just moved out, but he, w- he was in on our couch for like a month.
0: Oh, cool. So. That's funny because uh, I Jaden's actually the only one of those guys that I had interviewed so far because he got here a little earlier before school started yeah. back up. And uh, when I interviewed him, I was like, you got, we got a place to live yet? He's like, no, nah, man, I'm just <laughs> like couch surfing right now. But he seems like he's a good addition too. A little undersized, but he's uh, I know he can really run.
1: Yeah, and I think a, a big thing – that Montana does rotate a lot of corners and they've like got sure. probably four or five corners a game. I don't even know how to say it. I mean, that's a that's like that's one of the toughest positions for sure in football is corner.
0: Well, especially so. in that defense too, where you're blitzing like seriously seventy percent of the time. Yeah. Like you're out on an island, you gotta play man free all the time in Montana.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I mean I I'm I'm a big fan of Jaden as a person. Obviously I haven't seen much of him, but I heard he got um, some big sky honors in the spring when he was yep. at OC. Yep. He's he's kind of got a cool story. I mean, he started N I N A N A I A. NAIA. Sure. cannot say that. (laughs) Right. NAIA. And then he went JUCO and then, obviously, um, to Idaho State and then to here. But, I mean, he loves it so far. And then Garrett, Garrett, I think Garrett's going to surprise a lot of people. He's a fast dude. He's strong.
0: Well, he looks strong. I've only seen pictures of him, but he looks like he likes the weight room.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Nebraska definitely taught him a lot about the weight room, too. But he reminds me a lot of Joe Babros. Kind of a little bigger than Joe Bradrose, but I think he's that speed edge rusher that um, him and Pat and Cale Edwards, Jacob McGowan, all these people on the D line were yeah. in a lot of storm this year. And, and fun fact about Garrett, I'll I'll shout out Garrett embarrassing on on here, but Garrett actually is a great painter. Nice, he, can paint. he loves to paint. Hell yeah, he, he will paint anything for like two hours. Take him two hours, and it's incredible. So um, I actually told Coach Hawk that he's actually going to make him paint him something. <laughs> something like that. So Got to shout him out right there, and then he's a good cook too. But, yeah, he's a good dude. Uh, I'm excited to see what these do, what these guys do in the spring.
0: Well, I love when guys have other pursuits besides football. This painting down here, that's actually by a former Grizz receiver as well. Ryan Bagley painted that for me, a commemorative of the 95 National Championship team. We're sitting here in our uh, ESPN studios here uh, in Missoula, recording this for you here on a Tuesday night. The other transfer, uh, Lucas Johnson seems like he's a veteran guy. That seems like a good addition to quarterback. Do you know anything about that receiver from Washington?
1: Um, I don't. I actually haven't met him yet. But, um, I mean, I heard he's a lengthy guy. Coach P said he's he, pretty big, he yeah. likes him a lot. I think he's going to be a guy that they – adjust in the slot and outside, that's a receiver room that's going to be competitive this year. For that's sure. be a competitive receiver room, which I wouldn't be surprised. It's tough because, I mean, usually you say you want to play – Coach Pease wants to rotate a bunch of guys in, but usually it's about like three or four guys sure, right. per game. Just because you get in the heat of the moment, you don't really remember substitutions and stuff like that. So,
0: Well, it's also hard to take guys like Mitch Roberts who catches everything off the field, right?
1: Yeah, and then you got Malik Flowers who can be in the slot or the or outside and take the top off too. So you got those two, and I think <laughs> – Um, Keelan White's going to make some noise Gabe Solster coming back He actually got another year I don't know if you heard about that that Good for him Good for him He
0: deserves that Because he's got He's just been so banged up
1: Yeah so you got You got Solster You got Junior I don't know if they're going to put Keelan inside or outside You got Ryan Simpson Aaron Fonts Like you got a lot of
0: So what's what's next for Fonts Because he is such a stud Coming out of high school. I know that he was kind of swimming when he was first there just trying to figure out the college game. Yeah. And then I know he kinda of got doghouse for fielding that punt against oh, Northern man. Colorado. Oh my gosh. But he's see. a he's a dude though, right? I mean he had Mount West offers coming out of high school.
1: Yeah, he's he's a he's just a natural talent. He's so fast. And I, I think his biggest thing that he needs to learn is just uh the mental side of the game. I'm sure. That was kind of with Malik I compare him to Malik because they're both one, they're both fast. And two, it took Malik a bit of a time to kinda of analyze the playbook and like everything around him and get concepts and stuff like that so I think if Aaron memorizes the playbook and plays like like he knows he knows the playbook and plays mind free if that makes sense Mm -hmm. um he, the sky's the limit for him, but it'll be tough because that room is very competitive, and there's a lot of guys in there for sure. Yeah, it's been like that since I've been here. Coach Pease has done a really good job developing guys. I mean, playing with the Jerry Lou McGees, Samuel Kim, Keenan Curran, and Tamori and stuff like that too. So there's definitely some greats that will be in this locker room. So I'm excited to see what happens.
0: It'll be interesting to follow for sure. Uh, the Dylan McGinnis a big addition as well because I think that that's Arizona the, boy. Shout out. That's they're they're from Peoria too, right? Oh, uh, he's from Chandler. Oh, Chandler. Yeah. That's right. That's right. He went to Hamilton High School. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Hamilton's a powerhouse, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. I mean, that's like high level, right? They beat
1: Bishop Gorman. They were down like two touchdowns with like a minute left and beat him or something like that this last season. Amazing.
0: Um, Crazy that Bishop Gorman's lost a couple games the last couple years because they went undefeated for like
1: forever. They were so good in high school. When, yeah. I, when I was in high school and now they're kind of falling off. But, yeah, Dylan McGinnis is is going to be a guy. I've heard some maybe tackle for either McGinnis, sure. maybe even guard. I mean, you got Liam Brown there, too. you got Brandon Casey, who's going to be a solid tackle. He'll be the next Conlon Beaver. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you heard it here first. Um, but, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how those dynamics work, especially them being brothers. They play together before, too. I think we'll definitely bring some dynamics to the offensive line. Is
0: there anybody else you think is going to be have an opportunity to break out? I know there's some guys that kind of build. You mentioned Cale Edwards. I think he's a fascinating guy because uh, yeah. he was kind of playing. He didn't really have a position. He was, like, playing linebacker, but he's, like, so tall and long. Mm-hmm. And now he's big, too. And I know people around here are interested in him too, just because he's from Coeur And So uh, he's a, a fast riser. Anybody else that's like the, jumping out? I'll
1: be the first to say this name. He originally was a quarterback. Carson Rostad. Oh, yeah. Will be the next great linebacker. In you the think
0: so? Years. I mean, he's tough he as is, hell.
1: He is athletic. He's so athletic. He's so athletic. And he's fast. Like his lateral speed, he's starting to get linebacker. He played on special teams all last year. So I think he's going to be a sophomore. Right. Mm-hmm. Sophomore. Yep. Um. But he's a dude that I've had on my radar for the past year, just watching him work and practice and stuff like that. I think he's going to be a star. And like, you, like I said with Coach Pease, having a lot of All-Americans since he's been here, Coach Bears had All-Americans every single <laughs> For and longer than linebacker.
0: we've been alive. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. for sure. I mean, you
1: talk about Levi Janicaro too, to be able to come from oh, yeah. running back to the linebacker and turn him into the beast that he was last year. Oh, yeah. It's just like, are you kidding
0: me? Uh, Caro uh, that's a dude I'm rooting for because he, he's from my same high school. And he's a great dude mm-hmm. and uh, such a hard worker. And uh, so I hope he gets the opportunity. Kind of stinks for him because he's stuck behind Patrick O'Connell, right? Yeah. You're not getting a lot of reps because you're not really
1: taking fifty-eight off yeah, the field. Totally. And also, I got to shout out my roommate, one of my best friends, Keelan White. I think is going to have a great. Yeah,
0: year. I know he's he's a guy that's had a lot of buzz in the program for a couple yeah. of years, and like you said, it's just been hard for him to to make his a, way on he the, had the a field. Ton
1: of like, he had like four or five drops last year, but those catches were to be unreal. Yeah. If you were to get him down, and I think that will be the difference in him this year, as he. Is going to be Redshirt sophomore, but it's his fourth year here. Right, whole COVID stuff. So um, definitely rooting for him, and I'm rooting for Malik as well. I'm hoping because a lot of people just think he's a kickoff returner, but and he can run the ball, but he can also take the top off as well so yeah I'm a little biased with some of my best friends
0: well sure but it's it's good stuff though because I mean uh, that that is it's a good position and you learned under a guy that knows the position better than almost anybody in Brent Pease and so it's no surprise that they have so much talent at that spot because coach Pease he's just gonna bring in good dudes
1: anything else what
0: else you got cooking what's what's up next on the groff show
1: shoot um I'm trying to figure it out because I got a little gig that I've been doing so ever since I interviewed Taylor Barton um, he runs a seven-on-seven seven program. Totally. Uh, for tournaments, seven-on-seven seven association. So I've been doing like a digital reporting for them, kind of running their social media. Sweet. Uh, I was in Seattle about two weeks ago. I'm going to LA in two weeks. Nice. Going to Salem, going everywhere. And they, they're covering travel. They're paying me extra to do other stuff. And I met Brandon Huffman about two weeks ago, got his contact information. He's like the face of high school football. Totally. Recruiting and stuff like that. Yep. So um, we'll see. I mean, I've been in contact with... Um, Yogi Roth from Pac-12 Network and then maybe do an interview with him either in person or on Zoom as well so I mean I, I love doing it shout out Coach Peace for giving me the idea because it not only is good practice but also gains some connections with people that maybe have job openings later down the line so it's just something fun I like to do I mean shout out Skyline Sports obviously the collaboration yeah, man. and some of the equipment has been awesome too I might have to rent the studio for him <laughs> yeah it's man so, yeah, hell great. man, man. You can come yeah, by any time. We'll see, I'm trying to graduate in May. I gotta pass all my classes, so I don't have to,
0: to stay here. <laughs> <first> semester, <laughs> yeah, go subscribe to this podcast to The Graf Show. You can find it on all your podcast hosting platforms as well as on YouTube as well. Just G-R-O-F-F. It's easy to find and fun to listen to. Appreciate it, man. This is fun.
1: That was dope. <laughs>